G'day everyone and welcome to another Bloody Movie Podcast. I am Sean Coates, thank you very much for listening in to what is a very special episode of ABMP because a brand new film festival will be bracing the screens, will be gracing the screens, sorry, but we will be bracing ourselves for the gracing of the Melbourne Overlooked Film Festival, which originally was meant to be gracing our physical screens in Melbourne cinemas such as the wonderful Capital Cinema in Swanston Street, but unfortunately due to this current lockdown is now being moved online into a virtual festival space. But the upside of that is it will now be accessible for free, not only for people all across Australia, but also all across the world. So MOF is an RMIT student-run initiative of cinema lovers that celebrates underappreciated and unconventional cinema. Their aim for this festival is to provide fresh and emerging new perspectives on undermined films and shine a light on the underground, underappreciated and unconventional films from both local and international filmmakers. MOF will be screening online on Friday, June 11th and Saturday, June 12th. Uh, so this episode is dropping on Sunday the 6th, so next Friday and next Saturday. And in anticipation for this awesome new festival, I was lucky enough and thrilled to have on the show two members of the MOF programming team, Jacob Agius and Gabriella Hills, talking all about the genesis of this festival, uh, the programming process of this festival, the shift to online, and specifically their criteria for what for what they define as overlooked. It was a great chat, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. So here is myself chatting with MOF programmers Gabriella Hills and Jacob Agius. Enjoy. Gabriella yeah. Hills and Jacob Agius, thank you for joining us on the show today. Uh, thank you for having us. Now, so talk, talk us a little bit about MOF. What is it? And what under your description in terms of when you're programming this sort of festival, what is your sort of description or what do you define as overlooked? It's kind of like, a, you know, it's always like a hard thing to say because we are just trying to find filmmakers out there who may have may not been like seen by a lot of festivals, by a lot of people and stuff like that. We're really trying to kind of highlight you know, these these really interesting films that are being made that kind of a mainstream mold or maybe even like a mold that like a lot of other festivals have. So like we, like this whole festival kind of came out of us having conversations, like being kind of frustrated about how other festivals kind of have this kind of stricter mold that you have to fit your film into in order to like get it into a festival. Like say they have like a theme, like, like mirrors or something like that. And it's like, how do you, if I have a film, how do I kind of get that out there? There's like no mirrors in there. So we wanted to keep it really broad and um, see if we could kind of, yeah, like push the boundaries and find really kind of different types of cinema that weren't really fit into like one thing. Um, and that's how it kind of went in terms of, yeah, programming it as well is like having kind of a few films from very like different genres and that are, you know, kind of tackling subjects in like a, each each in their own individualistic kind of way, which I really kind of like. Um, yeah, and yeah. we we um we also we put the onus on the um on the people who submitted the directors who submitted their films to kind of determine whether they felt overlooked based on um based on yeah maybe getting rejected from other film festivals mm. or just looking at the criteria and thinking damn like my film I love it but it doesn't fit within that kind of stream so 
yeah, we, we were quite broad in our call for submissions. We're also quite broad in um, if, if the director thought that their film was overlooked, then we trust that. And yeah, um, we kind of went from there. And we got a lot of like really interesting work and kind of in response to that as well. Like we were kind of really overwhelmed and impressed by a lot of the submissions as well. So particularly like films, you know, although we did have a lot of international films, a lot of great stuff actually came out of Australia, which like, you know, I personally, yeah, I guess I had my own biases before, but I really wasn't expecting to just get like really just high quality and really like forward kind of thinking and really different kind of stuff that you don't really see here in mainstream feature films. Well, you said you got international um, mm. submissions as well, like, and you, you're overwhelmed by the amount. Was it difficult to try to get the word out there about this festival, being a brand new festival as well, mm. and being, you know, a student run from, you know, all students at RMIT? How, like, I guess, how difficult or like how, what was the process of trying to get the word out there about this festival? surprisingly quite simple actually <laughs> we we used a platform called film freeway which basically we just uploaded our call for submissions onto that and we were just inundated with mm. uh with films from everywhere like um i you know it's it's the typical kind of internet you know you, you have to type in maybe a, a hashtag or something that we had so for instance we just put melbourne overlooked um, and people must be kind of flagging those search terms as um, things that they might be interested in. Um, so yeah, it was actually quite easy. I think the the hard part or the hard thing to assess will be whether our film festival has gotten out there in terms of people coming to it and yeah. tuning in. That'll be maybe more difficult, but we have a great communications and um, digital design mm. team behind that. So. We're hoping that they've kind of done that job for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like shout out to the social team. They actually, like, um, in the end of it, when submissions started to peter out a bit, they like really kind of helped out and were like, you know, where should we be kind of aiming our ads to and stuff like that? And yeah, really helped. So hopefully we pull it off. <laughs> yeah. So mm. as you said, inundated with entries. And how is that for you as a programming team? And especially when you're a team that's specifically trying to show films that are getting overlooked elsewhere. I mean, how difficult is it to whittle it down to create a, you know, a manageable program? Oh, it's tough. There was like a lot of things that we really liked that we, we kind of had said no to considering like we have a bit more limited time now to kind of screen things that we were like, damn, like it was good, but all these things kind of fit together and like, yeah. And getting a lot of films as well, it, it did take up a lot of time and we're not like this isn't for profit or anything like we're volunteering our time like no one's getting paid to do any of this stuff like yeah it, it took kind of a lot of work but I think what made it really really good was like there were there were so many good films so it um although yeah we stepped out it felt like a slog when you were kind of in it and just watching all this kind of great films it, it's just great like even even some of the ones that like weren't as good or were a bit more rougher it was just good to see like I guess the passion that people kind of have and even after COVID you know a lot of these films are coming out of 2020 and 2021 like just the fact that people keep making them like that are still striving for it it's just yeah really good but um yeah all in all it's taken <laughs> it's taken a lot of time it's taken a long time we must yeah. um, say shout out to Ned and Henry who aren't uh, mm. 
in this interview, but we did have two other programs as well that it yeah. wasn't just on us two, which yeah. thank the Lord, because it would have taken twice as long if it was Literally. just us. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys needed it. You feel a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if it's the lockdown or if it's just from all the work that you, all the voluntary work you guys have been doing, but you sound a bit burnt out by this whole process. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think the lockdown probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah. The, we we had our mindset on a particular way of of conducting this film festival, and obviously mm. that um, is no longer an option. So a lot of our time, a lot of the stuff that has been burning us out a bit is making that switch and making the decision to um, stream everything online, which definitely has its positives to it. There's mm. definitely um, uh, a lot to it that's great. But yeah, that was, that was a hard couple of days yeah. <laughs> making that decision and having those talks with everybody, having talks with the directors and film distributors and that kind of stuff. It, it, definitely piled on the work for us yeah like right at the end as well it just like yeah switched it, it all like, up. go time go time and then nah, yeah. nah sorry we're gonna have to change it all again literally yeah because yeah, we had spent like a lot of time even like yeah trying to source some feature films as well from like local kind of australian directors um and we have but we had philip brophy's body melt which is a 90s exploitation body horror film which i yeah which i really love um we have that weird kind of movie. lineup oh it's weird. very weird movie <laughs> oh i just love it um yeah we kind of have that lined up with, with a chat from phil for the for the live um for the live show and now that's all kind of switched up as well and we're still in talks at the moment about trying to organize streaming rights and stuff like that so it's been a process um and especially considering yeah, it's our first time doing it it's been yeah a process big learning curve very big learning curve but yeah very very rewarding all very all. rewarding we have we as, as burnt out as we sound we are having a really good yeah. time <laughs> it has been a really fun process it's been great and we're so excited for just like yeah, next week oh i can't wait yeah. i'm glad i'm glad to hear you're staying optimistic and all this but as you said it is incredibly disappointing that you can't because you'd initially planned yeah. to show this at the capitol theater no less you know an iconic iconic sort of melbourne cinema as well you know recently refurbished now and it's just, I mean, I know a couple of people who, you know, submitted to your festival, like on the, I guess I'm not going to say mm. promise because, you know, but on the, I, on the intention to have been screened at the, yeah. at the, at the, there, but yeah, but then the, I guess the upside to that, as you said, is that now that you've gone virtual, you know, you obviously miss that sort of, I guess, communal experience and what to see it on the big screen as well. But you also, you've also opened this festival up, not just to Australians, but to also, you know, not yet for people, not just people outside of Melbourne and all over Australia, but now also mm. international viewers as well. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and that's, um, I guess that it kind of reflects our ethos as well is that it's, you know, we were broad with our call for submissions, but now we're broad with our, with our audience, which is great. I mean, nothing bad can come from the fact that more people can watch these films mm. that we're, you know, so honored to be screening, but also they've been overlooked. So, you know, if more people can watch it, that's great. And now we kind of have the ability to um, make this film festival free, which, you know, overheads and stuff like that for screen screening it somewhere like the Capitol, it costs money. And, you know, now that we're not doing that, anybody can watch it, you know, as long as you've got an internet connection, anybody can watch it. And as much as we are kind of missing that communal theatre experience, I think it'll, um, 
it'll make it maybe more community driven from the sense that mm. we can kind of have a live chat going at the same time we can um keep it a bit more casual and just like talk about the films rather than you know trying to be super professional and mm. holding up to the prestige that the capital has as beautiful as it is and um i think yeah there's definitely definitely positives to to the fact that now uh we're screening online yeah and, and yeah it's even further that i think there's also like an ease with um getting directors involved that are kind of few and far between like so for international directors or directors that are in different states um yeah we're kind of trying to organize some live q a's for after their screenings to happen during our during our kind of festival and um yeah and just being able to get them on now and just no traveling we don't have to worry about covid it's actually kind of a lot better for that as well so yeah there's there's a lot of upsides to doing this and yeah for us as well it's been a really interesting learning curve we feel like we've kind of gotten the full breadth of what it is to attempt to run something in person and online i guess now as well pandemic. in a pandemic <laughs> to say the least just to make it that little bit more yeah. difficult yeah to... the, last nail in the, coffin. the cherry on top you know exactly. what i mean <laughs> So you mentioned how you'd initially planned to do the body melt screening with the Q&A with the filmmaker. That is still, as you said, still up in the air. Um, is, is that the same, does the same go for sort of the rest of the program? Like how much has the, I guess, has the, ad, ad, the change to the virtual festival kind of changed with your idea of how the festival is going to go as in terms of like the schedule and like when everything's going to be playing or is it going to be like an on-demand sort of like how is this festival actually going to work in the online space or, or, or i'm not quite sure if you're the right people to ask for this but like <laughs> i don't know do you guys know anything about that yeah i mean like i think now um you know before we were going to run for three days at two different venues um and everything was going to be a bit more spaced out and I think going online kind of gives us um the ability to kind of run things uh a, a bit later as well like with the capital we were kind of limited to how long we could be in there and now we can now we're kind of planning on streaming uh over two days so Friday the 11th of June and Saturday the 12th of June and um kind of having a lot of the bulk of it on the Friday and having kind of our short streams and yeah maybe if we can work something special out we will but the short streams in and of themselves are special enough and like having chats with the directors and stuff like that and then our second day um we're planning on doing a little award ceremony uh for everybody um and organizing some awards for like best australian films and best um international and stuff like that we have a sword jury as well um shout outs to Cerise Howard, who is has been wonderful in helping us kind of get this going, uh, who's also one of our jury members. Um, you know, she was the co-founder of the Czech and Slovak Film Festival and is a an active uh, committee member for the Melbourne Cinematheque and is a is a really great film critic as well. And we also have Hudson Sawada, who's uh, director of uh, Fantastic Film Festival, who's yep, friend of the yeah, show, friend of the show, who's um kindly going to be yeah part of our jury board, and um. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the only really big change though, yeah, has been kind of that we've had to cut it down to two days. Um, but yeah, gives us more time to stream some films and if we can get something special as well, that'll be good. But yeah, still very much up in the air. I think it's, it's also, um, it's also allowing us to have a bit more, um, like I said before, like open dialogue 
during yeah the festival and also it, it allows i don't know us to talk with directors maybe in between each film or mm. you know in blocks of films and with, without really disrupting the flow of it because there is like a sense of ease and a sense of um it's a bit more casual being online so we can kind of have those talks in amongst the program without kind of disrupting like stopping and starting and yeah that kind of thing and you know people can sit in their living room and have a beer and you know do all this at the same time so it, it's changed but it's you know it's not it's not a bad thing necessarily yeah and I the heart it, of it hasn't changed that sounds yeah that, corny that's kind of a thing yeah <laughs> The heart of it hasn't changed. The heart of it hasn't changed at all. Yeah, and I think it's like, you know, I think um, over this whole process, I actually just, yeah, became quite inspired by the way, like, you know, even Static Vision have been doing their streams over this whole kind of process and shout out to them. I don't know you guys, but loving what you're doing. Um, but yeah, this whole kind of casualness to things and having like an engagement with your audience, I just think it's like so important that a lot of major film festivals aren't really even kind of doing like MIF last year, like not to put them down or anything. It was still a good program, but you know, they didn't have that kind of live aspect. Yeah. They didn't online. have that real engagement. Like I didn't do, yeah. I didn't, I didn't really, uh, outside of the films that I covered for MIF for, mm. I don't know if I put for movie babble, my written sort of aspect, I, d I didn't really get involved with that much because although it was also all of the sort of like community aspect of MIF was all external. Like it wasn't yes. actually from MIF itself. It was from yeah. like, you know, social media and, you know, all that other sort of stuff. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, which is like, I mean, it's fine to do it. Look, last year was hectic. So I can't really criticize for how anyone tried to do it last mm -hmm. year. But yeah, I think having the aspect of, of bringing people in and talking directly to fans and stuff like that and audiences is like what's key to making an online festival feel more communal and more like, you know, we're all in a room together even if it is in the digital room, it's like, we're, we're all in it. So yeah, we're going to do our best. All right. Well, all the best of luck with it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if there's in terms of like, what can people can look forward to? Is there anything you can say about any particular like short or anything that's screening at your festival that you can talk about now and that you'd really <laughs> excited to show people? There's we've got, oh, we've, we've got a few. <laughs> we've got a few, someone like very, different spectrums like we are kind of starting quite light and then moving on towards like the final film we have in our short stream is going to be a real um a real trip uh real trip um, a real trip to talk about something to have people think about long yeah. after finishes yeah um, like um yeah we just actually kind of got the go-ahead for it uh just today um it's called the suit weareth the man it's kind of this half an hour i don't know it's like fassbinder meets gaspar noy is the best wow. way I can describe it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's made by a, I think a Brisbane based director called Mitchell Marion, who um, made it in the UK, uh, I think last year or the year before. And it's just goes for it. And it's just stylistically just beautiful. It's stunning. Um, it's really beautiful. It's and we're lucky enough to have them um, agree to do a live yeah. Q&A about the film and about their work. So yeah the film itself but also the the insight into the director's mind will be definitely a, a program yeah. highlight yeah we're really excited to kind of run that one and, and be able to do the q a as well live so yeah. yeah that's pretty good and then like yeah on the lighter side we've got um 
a film called The Odyssey, which is about two kind of younger girls like meeting and falling in love over a Skype class. And that's just a really sweet film. It actually just uh, won kind of the Under the Radar Award at St Kilda Festival for Best Film for Under 21s this year. So it's, yeah, it's a big achievement for that one and still in the round. So we're very happy to have it. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot. There's going to be a lot to watch. Yeah. Um, spanning a few different genres we got some comedy some drama some horrors um yeah it's gonna be a good time this festival has everything it does exactly. <laughs> <laughs> i guess that last that la- one of your last things about them winning the under 21 award and the fact that you're a you know university mm. you know it, it run it's a festival run by university students have you seen in the entries for the film they've ma- mainly been from younger filmmakers or has there been a bit more variety in terms of that um quite a big variety yeah quite a big variety we're getting filmmakers from across the board yeah very Um, different ages yeah and also very different um parts in their points sorry in their career as well like some some are you know you can you can tell from what they've said um this might be their first film that they've ever created and then there's some who have like quite a good um cv under their belt already Mm. you know it's it's there's really um, no no distinction that we could draw from from the people that um, have submitted or the films that have been submitted. There's just such a wide breadth um, in all aspects, which has been really fun, yeah. really fun to get through. Yeah, there was like nothing like it was like that whole thing. Like every film that was submitted was kind of its own thing, um, mm. which made it hard for the programming kind of stuff yeah. to be like, how does it all kind of fit together? I was going to say, this, it seems like the sort of festival where, like, no two films that were submitted were the mm. same. Like, everything was its own beast, in yeah. a way. Yeah. Sure. And it's, yeah, it's been such an interesting process going through that and being like, how can we fit all these together? But um, uh, it's made for watching them to be just great because it's so, yeah, it's just so dynamic that, yeah, I don't get tired of it, so hopefully other people enjoy it as well (laughs) and if people want to come and enjoy the festival and you know support you guys in in whichever ways they can uh where can they go so festival Uh, dates the uh 11th and 12th of june so next friday Friday and saturday Saturday. yeah um the best probably point of information uh for our digital program um information about our social medias, um, all of the directors that we'll be screening, you can go to our website, which is moffrmit.com. Yeah, Jacob, anything you'd like to add to that? Um, not really, like that, yeah, uh, our website, yeah, m-o-f-f-r-m-i-t.com um, has, yeah, basically all the information there, all of our socials there, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, pretty much under moffrmit. Um, yeah all of our ticketing information and the program is going to be put up on there for everyone to peruse in the next few days and yeah we hope to see hope to see a few friendly places at the festival Can't wait. Yeah, make sure you get around to it everyone and make, please make sure to do it not just because it's a great festival but so when if they can do it next year we can and you know covid be damned we can uh, have it in a cinema and we can witness all of these brilliant overlooked films the way that they are intended. Thanks, Gabriella and Jacob. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having us. It's been a ball. It's been wonderful. Thank you. And good luck with the festival. Thank you. Thank you.
A big thank you to Jacob and Gabriella for that lovely little chat. Guys, make sure you check out the Melbourne Overlooked Film Festival screening online Friday, June 11th and Saturday, June 12th. And I have a dog barking outside my window that's going to ruin this recording. But you know what? That's okay. I'm a professional. I'm going to push through it. At the moment, uh, during the recording, Jacob said Jacob and Gabriella said the program was kind of there was a few things still up in the air still a few things yet to be confirmed but as of now as of the dropping of this episode uh they have their full list of films uh up on their website so head over to moff rmit that is m-o-f-f-r-m-i-t dot com to see the full list and just check out any other information and to just keep up to date with the festival and for you know instructions on how to actually watch the festival on Friday and Saturday night. And also make sure you check out their social channels. They are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at MoffRMIT. And as for our plugs, well, you know where to find us. Uh, you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts, but no longer on SoundCloud because we recently switched providers from SoundCloud to Anchor. So if you listen on Anchor, you can find us there, but you can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure you search for Another Bloody Movie Podcast and hit that subscribe button. You can also like us on Facebook. You can like us on Instagram at Another Bloody Movie Pod and find us on Twitter at AB Movie Podcast. I believe we're almost at 50 Twitter followers. So if we can get there, if we can get to 50, I would be very, very happy. You can also follow me on my socials, my, my personal socials, for lack of a better word. Um, you can follow me both at SeanHub underscore on both Instagram and Twitter, but I'm, I'm nearly at 500 on Twitter, so I prefer you to go follow me over there, and I just post cr random crap to my stories, mainly about just whatever movies I'm watching and just football scores whenever Geelong wins, so that's all I really do on, on my Insta, but you can both follow me there at SeanHub underscore, that is S-E-A-N-H-U-B underscore, and you can also find my written stuff my longer form written stuff over at moviebabble.com. Uh, don't have any articles in the pipeline yet. Um, <laughs> under lockdown, I haven't been able to see some new films to review as of late. So, um, but just there's other really great articles from a bunch of, a, a bevy of really great writers over at Movie Babble. So make sure when I'm not writing anything, you're checking out the work of the other fantastic staff over at moviebabble.com. Come and for my, if you just want to keep up to date with what I've been watching, it's been a slow week for movies this week for me. Just you think during lockdown I'd be watching more, but quite the opposite. Um, but you can follow me over at Letterboxd at Sean Coates, that is letterboxd.com forward slash Sean Coates. And in other exciting news, I was recently a guest on the Cage Rage podcast. Uh, this is a show hosted by Daryl Edge over in the UK, and each week he goes through one film in Nicolas Cage's filmography. He goes through his entire filmography and tries to understand this enigmatic man and try to reach, as he calls it, full cage nirvana. And I was honoured and thrilled to be on the episode where he talked about the uh, 2010 Disney classic. Um, a classic is in the terms of Disney's desperate attempts to uh, cash in on one of their IP in the weirdest ways possible. That is, of course, uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. I had a great time talking to Daryl about that film, uh, a film that I have weirdly seen about 20 times. Don't know why, but uh, it was good to have a platform to talk about that film on. So that episode hasn't actually been published yet, but make sure you go subscribe to Cage Rage by Daryl Edge. 
um, on wherever you get your podcast and keep up to date to hear my episode on The Sorcerer's Apprentice as soon as it drops. And I hope you guys enjoy that. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. And thank you all for listening. Make sure you check out Moth. And to all my fellow Melbournians, please stay safe in these last few days of lockdown. And till then, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.